So boys, I spent the day looking at different conference venues here and um, I'm tired because I got up so early this morning to catch that flight. But I wanted to read you the bedtime story. So here we go. This chapter is called Surprise. Every day at noon, the wood haulers came down Hard Scrabble Hill and the boys hitched their sleds to the bobsleds runners and rode away down the road. But they went only a little way and came back in time. Only Big Bill Ritchie and his friends didn't care how soon Mr. Corse tried to punish them. One day they were all gone until after recess. When they came from tramping in the shore house, they all grinned impungently at Mr. Corse. He waited until they were in their seats. Then he stood up, pale, and said, If this occurs again, I shall punish you. Everybody knew what, was, what would happen the next day. When Royal and Almanzo reached home that night, they told Father, Almanzo said it wasn't fair. Mr. Corus wasn't big enough to fight even one of those big boys, and they would all jump on him at once. I wish I was big enough to fight him, he said. Son, Mr. Corus hired out to teach the school. Father answered, the school trustees were fair and above board with him. They told him what was what he was undertaking. He undertook it. This is his job, not yours. But maybe they'll kill him, Almanzo said. That's his business, Father said. When a man undertakes a job, he has to stick to it till he finishes it. If Chorus is the man I think he is, he'd, he'd thank nobody for interfering. Almanzo couldn't help saying again, It isn't fair. He can't fight all five of them. I wouldn't wonder if you'd be surprised, son, father said. Now you boys, get a hustle on. These chores can't wait all night. So Almanzo went to work and did not say anything more. All next morning, while he sat holding up his primer, he could not study. He was dreading what would happen to Mr. Corse. When the primer class was called, he could not read the lesson. He had to stay in with the girls at recess and wished he could lick Bill Ritchie. At noon, he went out to play and saw Mr. Ritchie, Bill's father, coming down the hill on a loaded bobsled. All the boys stood where they were and watched Mr. Ritchie. He was a big, rough man with a loud voice and a loud laugh. He was proud of Bill because Bill could thrash school teachers and break up the school. Nobody ran to fasten a sled behind Mr. Ritchie's bobsled, but Bill and the other big boys climbed up on his load of wood. They rode loudly, talking around the bend of the road and out of sight. The other boys did not play any more. They stood and talked about what would happen. When Mr. Corse rapped on the window, they went in soberly and soberly sat down. That afternoon, nobody knew the lessons. Mr. Corus called up class after class, and they lined up 
with their toes on the crack in the floor, but they could not answer his questions. Mr. Corus did not punish anybody, he said. We will have the same lesson again tomorrow. Everybody knew that Mr. Corus would not be there tomorrow. One of the little girls began to cry. Then three or four of them put their heads down on their desks and sobbed. Almanzo had to sit still in his seat and look at his primer. After a long time, Mr. Corse called him to the, to the desk to see if he could read the lesson now. Almanzo knew every word of it, but there was a lump in his throat that would not let the words out. He stood looking at the page while Mr. Corse waited. Then they heard the big boys coming. Mr. Corse stood up and put his thin hand gently on Almanzo's shoulder. He turned him around and said, Go to your seat, Almanzo. The room was still. Everybody was waiting. The big boys came up the path and clattered into the entry, hooting and jostling with one another. The door banged open and Big Bill Ritchie swaggered in. The other big boys were behind him. Mr. Corse looked at them and did not say anything. Bill Ritchie laughed in his face and still he did not speak. The big boys jostled Bill, and he jeered ag again at Mr. Corse. Then he led them all, tramping loudly down the aisle to their seats. Mr. Corse lifted the lid of his desk and dropped one hand out of sight and behind the raised lid. He said, Bill Ritchie, come up here. Big Bill jumped up and tore off his coat, yelling, Come on, boys! He rushed up the aisle. Almanzo felt sick inside. He didn't want to watch, but he couldn't help it. Mr. Corse stepped away from his desk. His hand came from behind the desk lid, and a long, thin, black streak hissed through the air. It was a black snake ox whip, 15 feet long. Mr. Corse held the short handle and loaded with iron, and that could kill an ox. The thin, long lash coiled around Bill's legs. Mr. Corse jerked. Bill lurched and almost fell. Quick as lightning, the lash circled and struck and coiled again, and Mr. Corse jerked. Come up here, Bill Ritchie, he said, jerking Bill towards him and backing away. Bill could not reach him. Faster and faster, the lash was hissing and cracking and coiling and jerking. More and more quickly, Mr. Corse backed away, jerking Bill almost up, almost off his feet. Up and down they went, up space in front of the desk. The lash kept coiling and tripping Bill. Mr. Corse kept running backwards and striking. Bill's trousers were cut through and his shirt was slashed, his arms bleeding from the bite of the lash. It came and went, hissing too fast to be seen. Bill rushed and the floor shook when he, when the whip jerked him over backwards. He got up, swearing, and tried to reach the teacher's chair. To throw it, the lash jerked him around. He began to bawl like a calf. He blubbered and begged. The lash kept hissing, circling, jerking. Bit by bit, it jerked Bill to the floor. Mr. Carus threw him headlong into the entry and slammed the, door, the locked door, turned quickly and said, now, John, come up here. John was in the aisle, staring. He whirled around and tried to get away, but Mr. Corse took a quick step, caught him with the whip lash, and jerked him forward. 
Oh, please, 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 teacher, John begged. Mr. Corse did not answer. He was panting. Sweat trickled down his cheek. The whiplash was coiling, hissing, and jerking John to the door. Mr. Corse threw him out and slammed the door and turned. The other big boys had got the, the window open. One, two, three, they jumped out into the deep snow and floundered away. Mr. Corse coiled the whip neatly and laid it in his desk. He wiped his face with his handkerchief, straightened his collar, and said, Royal, will you please close the window? Royal tiptoed to the window and shut it. Then Mr. Corse called the arithmetic class. Nobody knew the lesson. All the rest of the afternoon, no one knew a lesson. There, there was no recess that afternoon. Everyone had forgotten it. Almanzo could hardly wait till school was dismissed. He could rush out with the other boys and yell. Big boys were licked. Mr. Corse had licked Bill Ritchie's gang from Hardscrabble Settlement. But Almanzo didn't know the best part of it till he listened to his father talking to Mr. Corse that night at supper. The boys didn't throw you out, Royal tells me, father said. No, said Mr. Corse. Thanks to your black snake whip, Almanzo stopped eating. He sat and looked at his father. Father had known all the time. It was father's black, black snake whip that had bested Bill, Big Bill Ritchie. Almanzo was sure that father was the smartest man in the world as well as the biggest and strongest. Father was talking. He said that while the big boys were riding Mr. Ritchie's bobsled, they had told Mr. Ritchie that they were going to thrash the teacher that afternoon. Mr. Th Ritchie thought it was a good joke. He was so sure that the boys would do it that he told everyone in town they had done it. And on his way home, he, he had stopped to tell father that Bill thrashed Mr. Corse and broken up the school again. Almanzo thought how surprised Mr. Ritchie must have been when he got home and saw Bill. Ha! What a fun story. All right, boys. Good night. I love you.